0: Peace and blessings and welcome to this episode of The Mic Council, sponsored by the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com. We are more than music. We introduce you to your future favorite artists today while talking about the issues that matter when it comes to the hip hop culture and hip hop life. Today's episode of The Mic Council is part three of our series, The Soundtrack of My Life, Who I Am. And the I is not the letter I, but it's spelled E-Y-E. This is Deep Conversation by Karev of Heritage Hip Hop as I talk about how hip hop has influenced my life through what I've seen and in turn, through my vision, inspired me to be the man I am today. We give homage on this one and we have a great talk. So without further ado, I introduce you and take you to the Mike Council soundtrack of My Life Part 3. Who I am. And I'll be back with the rest of my commentary after the episode is finished. Welcome to the Mike Council. The Mike Council is the extension of heritage hip hop where we talk about the things that are important to the hip hop culture that most rappers don't seem to talk about in their interviews. It's not to put them down, but it's to have meaningful conversation that is more educational than just music driven beat-driven only. My name is Karev of Heritage Hip Hop. And for those of you who don't know, I'm a lover of hip hop to the point where I love hip hop to the point where I'm able to talk about it. Please, while you're on this journey with me, hit the like button. That's the most important thing you can do because I want to hit the algorithm so people we over here. So hit the like button, comment, share the video, subscribe to heritagehiphop.com. If you're listening to the audio, Please follow me on whatever service that this is available on that you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Anchor.fm, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Today's topic is the soundtrack of my life, who I am. And I is not the letter I, it's E-Y-E. And it's, that, it's like that for a reason. Because No, it's not like when hip hop spelled things wrong. It's, it has an important message to it. Ladies and gentlemen, We always talk about our diet and we always talk about what inspires us. Your eyes are the most natural inspiration that you ever have in your life because whatever you see, you intake and then you emulate. For instance, a young girl will see her mother cooking in the the home and she will want to imitate her mother. A young boy will see his father working out or fixing things, and he will imitate his father doing just that. Vice versa, just the same way. If a young man loves his mom and always is around her, he will take certain traits that she does. So young boys will want to cook and play with things that are like kitchen sets and things to emulate his mother. And like a father will be protective over his daughter. His young daughter may be, become protective and also want for somebody who inspires that love to be given to her as well hip hop is no different let me tell you a story about hip-hop when i was young and i was growing up in the great state of new jersey there were certain things that happened in hip-hop that shaped who i am and i really want to share that with you on three levels i saw the evolution of hip-hop on tv I lived through the evolution evolution of hip-hop through movies, and then I saw the evolution of hip-hop in the community with the youth, my peers, and the elders. And that was the change of what made hip-hop more cultural and serious than just the music genre. Let me explain. See, in the beginning, when we first started seeing hip-hop, people were dancing. People were rapping. It was somebody always beatboxing and beating on the tables, and somebody would say a fly rhyme, right? My name is such and such, and I'm here to say, and I can rock the rock from in the USA, and i hit it to delight, and my problems are hype. Stuff like that. But it was the music video that made hip-hop seem surreal. Let me ask y'all a question. What was the first music video that made you go crazy? Me? My first music video that made me go bananas was It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. First of all, I love the song. You know what I'm saying? You had the girl in there dancing with the checkered pants and everything. Rob Bass had a whole crew of him doing the dance. You know what I mean? And it was live. Back in the day, TV didn't allow for us to see a lot of hip hop. Even the radio didn't play hip hop during the day. It was only at night. So to see hip hop was very educational for me because I don't see this. I lived in a town where people checked your skin color from the door. I lived in South Orange, New Jersey during the 80s and I also would go back and forth to Newark every day because that's where my family's from. So South Orange is where I rested my head, Newark is where I got Brought up in my education, shout out to Osborne and Osborne Terrace and Hawthorne Avenue, by the way. And um, when you when you were hip hop in the eighties in South Orange, New Jersey, you was definitely called out your name with the N word and all types of other words that came. Like I said, another podcast before this, another episode. I remember my mom going to the Shoprite, which is now a health food store and a bank over on off of South Orange Avenue. It was a um, shop right there and there was people handing out flyers and my mom wanted to get a flyer and they told her she didn't look like she lived in that town. So imagine that, right? Hip-hop in that part of the New Jersey was very frowned upon where I was, all right? Where I would grew up, I didn't even see black folks in my town except for one family. You see what I'm saying? So everything that I learned in my progression in life from Newark, New Jersey, when I came home with it, I was bad. I was the outcast, right? So I was fiending to find something that could remind me of me or what made me feel good. And that's why the king of hip hop to me does not rhyme or does not make beats. The king of hip hop to me is Ralph McDaniels. Video music box is the most important thing that ever happened to me learning about myself and my people, not school not documentaries, Ralph McDaniels. Because at the time, ladies and gentlemen, and for those of you who are younger who may see this, MTV did not play black videos. Michael Jackson was the first African-American, whatever you want to say, black artist, whatever, urban artist that was played on television. So Run DMC and all that came later. But if you had Channel 13, or you could turn your TV to the U channel and then get 13 on there, Video Music Box was the savior of hip-hop. Because when you heard that, dun, 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 which is Houdini, I forgot the name of the beat, right? When you heard that and you saw Bernard Wright and you saw Prince and you saw Madonna and you or Cyndi Lauper, you saw all that stuff on the, in the intro, you was like, what is this? And then you heard Video Music Box, hey, this is VJ, Rock McDaniels, Video Music Box. And Ralph McDaniels played some of the most prolific stuff I ever saw, Run DMC. He played the Prince. He played um, Rob Bass. He played New York City. But the most important part of the show is not the videos. It was for me. It was the interviews and them in the parties and people giving shout outs on the camera. Right. So where I'm from, where I was growing up at, I didn't see none of this stuff. And because I didn't come from that culture. In my hometown, when I went to the bricks. That was more there, and I was trying to understand, and I was juggling two worlds within one person, which is the hardest thing to do. And some of the it's it's very tricky for a child. Maybe I'll talk about that later. But seeing video music box gave me hope, because it was then I saw people who looked like me, expressive, free to dance, free to talk their stuff. Hip hop was new, and my parents hated it. Hated hip hop, right? My parents didn't even play music in the home. The only music I heard was whatever my brother played and whatever was on the radio. And my brother was, you know, he was the MC of the family. You know what I'm saying? He had his own crew. He was like MC Roadrunner at the time. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to his team, Ron and Barry and G Rock and all of them, Arnold. I don't know if these men are even still alive. Not, you know, but if they aren't, rest in peace. And if they are, it's a pleasure to have y'all in my story. Um, seeing them and seeing the culture pr- um, progress was one of the most major aspects of my life because if a young man has nowhere to find his identity, that young man will grow into he will grow into a sponge that will pick up anything to find who he is. Let me say that again. if a young man does not have something, to build his identity on that is like himself he will become whatever is around him and that can destroy how he how he how he finds his knowledge of self for instance when you grow up in a world where your tone and your melanin is already hated and people call you something that you're not That's going to affect how you feel about yourself because you have no positive aspect of yourself to gauge off of. Let me tell you something what hip hop did for me. Being a child of Generation X especially, we were blessed to see hip hop form and grow actively while participating in it. So my eyes from Video Music Box showed me there's people like me all over this world. And all and one thing that we have in common is expression. So the expression of a child and the learning of a child is very key, not only how they're entertained, but how they see themselves so they can learn how to express as well. This is how animals get to talk because they can be around you and then they want to do things to get your attention. So that's why birds learn words or dogs wag their tail a certain way. Cats are rub up on you and they know a certain time to come and get you because they're used to you. That's how humans learn as well. Because through seeing, experiencing, and believing, now you got something that you could pattern your behavior off of. So what did hip-hop teach me? Hip-hop taught me I had to dress a certain way. It taught me I had to talk a certain way because you wanted to be cool. You know, you had to learn the slang. You had to learn how to dress. You had to learn how to get the prettiest girl. You had to know how to get this, how how to do something. And back in the day, for those who didn't know, You was a rapper, you was not cool. You was the entertainment. The drug dealer was the cool guy. And that's when the war on drugs happened in the community. So we had to just say, no, this is your brain on drugs. And they had all those visuals, right? But what hip hop showed us was even in the midst of all that happening, our people mattered because we had expression. So I grew up, like I said, with a militant brother. Back in, if you ever heard the other on podcast, Public Enemy was big in my life. X-Clan was big in my life. Shout out to Paris. Shout out to Poor Righteous Teachers, who I heard from other shoots, not really my brother, KRS-One. People who had edutainment and um, street knowledge. Shout out to Ice Cube, one of my favorite MCs of all time. That's what grafted me. So what I saw was that knowledge, self-education, and having an opinion made you strong and I used those people that I watched to be the examples of who I wanted to be. I wasn't Big Daddy Kane. And my dad would have kicked my ass if I had um the cuts in my eyebrows. He would not let me get a high top fade because he's afraid I look like Kid from Kitten Play or something. So I had like a low fro. People say I look like Ice Cube when I was younger. I had a low fro and I had a low, low haircut and I was the corny dude because I didn't talk street stuff. I talked more educative and militant so people didn't mess with me like that. But that's what I wanted to become. So, like I said, if y'all who don't know me, I was studying the Black Panthers. And I did a history report on the Black Panthers in elementary school. And the kids didn't know the Black Panthers was. So they, they laughed at me and said, I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Story for another time. But seeing that made me go, these are the type of men That I wanted to emulate because they were talking to me, not at me, not through me, but acknowledging me and talking to me through beats. And it makes me think a lot of us are aging out of the social commentary when it comes to the youth. And I wonder who I am, who I am is contingent on how we set the example. For those younger than us, to raise the bar, you have to establish the foundation, and without a foundation, you can't grow. So, hip hop for us was Black Power movement, knowledge itself, culture refinement, how to stand strong. To now, an argument over what did you teach me? Y'all sold the drugs, we take the drugs, and. So on and so on. And I think that's the biggest cop-out we have in the hip-hop generation today. Because if hip-hop keeps separating the way it does, and no one's setting the example, or we're not highlighting the positive examples of things to watch, there will be no 100 years of hip-hop. Hip-hop will not last for another 50 years. Because it would be so corporate that the culture will fade into pockets and then it'll fade away. I don't blame any of the new artists for what it is. I blame the people in charge for not protecting the right of it and giving balance to it. Let me tell y'all about a group I used to like. I used to like a group called Poor Righteous Teachers. They're from New Jersey. And to show you how influential the eye is, they put Tritton on the map. Five percent was big in New York, but yeah, five percent is in South Jersey. This is not even North and stuff. Shout out to Lakim Shabazz, but it's not even North. This is South, South Jersey near, like Pennsylvania. You know what I'm saying? Going to Philly and stuff. And not only was Rawaz intelligent doing his thing, the second album, Poverty, what was it Poverty Paradise or something? It came out, and they had a song named Shaquilla. The words in the song were amazing but the visual of it was dope because it was beautiful brown-skinned women and when the guy tries to talk to her and he disrespected her it was a guy there who talked about how the black woman is his queen and she's the most intelligent most respected thing you had no brown-skinned woman you a queen out of hoe by krs1 you had men naming their daughters after songs you had the woman being elevated in such a way where the respect of a woman became very protected to the point where C. Dolores Tucker and rest in peace to Calvin Butts, Reverend Calvin Butts, they they had a movement which I think was not done right, but I, I respect the message. They had a movement where they destroyed CDs and stuff where people were calling women bitches and stuff, right? Part of my language. Well, as time went on, Lil Kim comes out. Shout out to the Queen, Lil Kim. Foxy Brown came out and sex was selling. And now look at where the game is today, where the inspiration of what was seen became what the game is. Same for young men. Young men went from being manly to big clothes to then skinny clothes to now everybody got dreads where that really wasn't prevalent in hip-hop back in the day. Not knocking, not knocking it, but this is the truth that the visuals that we see have inspired who we become as a culture. And that is something very dangerous if we don't take hold of it right now. Because I'm gonna keep it real with you. We have some very serious problems in our country, in America, when it comes to visuals and how we let people control the narrative and we don't. You see, hip hop always was in front of the narrative and now hip hop's becoming a part of the narrative. And that's very dangerous. Let me, let me, let me, let me paint the picture a little better. Video Music Box was the institution that really started the video jockey in the hip-hop world. Because after the Video Music Box, I don't know what came first or second. I don't know what matters to me. So you could do the history and tell me what's going on. There was MTV Raps with Fab Fry Freddy and MTV Raps with Dr. Dre, Ed Lover, T-Money, and top one, right? Steve Buscemi, and you know, um, shout out to them, right? Then you had Pump It Up, Sister D Barnes, strong sister, always get my respect, right? You had like the video shows that came on NBC Friday Night Videos and things, but. That's when hip-hop became big for the youth because you had to stay up at night to watch that. Shout out to Rap City with the Mayor Chris Thomas, Joe Claire, Big Les, Tigger. You know, it was a progression. But the music video back then was the only outlet to what we had. So you will fight to see the imagery of what was so you could be the first one who seen it, the first one who dressed like it, and you could bring that you know, to your town, to your city, to your hood, whatever. Now the music video is so devalued because we have phones in our hands that now we're bombarded with so many images that people are taking the narratives that is told to them as life instead of as instead of being inspiration to create life. When you saw Big Daddy Kane, you thought he was cool as hell, and you wanted to dress like Kane, right? So you did what you had to do to get your money and whatever. The game saw that, and people saw that, and by the institution of racism being so prevalent in our country, the institution of entertainment became number one paramount to the people who are poor and desolate in this country. The only two people in hip hop that was praised in the 80s was the in the 90s was the drug dealer and the, and the athlete. So if you don't believe me, what is most hip hop about? What do most people rap about, if not clothes? And what are the most clo- what are the clothes that institute or make me represent hip hop to this day? Jordans, who was a sports athlete, um, in the eighties and nineties, you had Bo Jackson, you had in the in the Doctor J, you had Magic Johnson, you had the Pistons, Isaiah Thomas, you had people following the trend of sports, and he put it into hip hop because sports and music went together, especially when you had NBA Inside Stuff, and he was playing hip hop videos. In, in their highlights, which gave birth to ESPN. Yeah. So the athlete and the rapper then became synonymous with power, prestige. Think about it. Who gets the most respect in your hood besides the drug dealer, the rapper right now, or the athlete? Because if you rap real good, people always have your back. If you're an athlete, you can make it out and bring something back to the city. If you're a drug dealer, then you're the neighborhood hood, and it is what it is. But besides that, like I said, Lil' Kim, sex and everything, Atlanta inspired, not just not the cause, but you know, strip clubs, you got strippers and now we got twerking, hot girl summers and all that. And people see it and they believe it. And that's the most dangerous narrative about the soundtrack of my life is, if we don't take a grip and a hold of what we have when it comes to hip hop the eyes are going to deceive us and people are going to take our narrative away from us and take our milestones and make them regular and debase them. I mean, think look at it this way. When hip-hop was in its infancy, we had Wild Style and Crush Groove, then Breaking, which is just to, showed us the West Coast and Pop Locking, right? Movies were the new territory for hip hop when I mean, people saw hip hop in movies, Ice T breakdancing and doing the upstep and all that, and Shabadoo rest in peace and Turbo Ozone all that going off. When you seen the the, the caricature of, the, of the, how Def Jam was made with Crush Groove with Blair Underwood, and you saw the Fat Boys and L.O. Cool J make his debut on the screen, you know, box and then he does his video. That was big because as a youth, you saw your generation coming up on TV. Sorry, in the movies, House Party One came out with Kitten Play big, big, big thing. We get to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, we get to the evolution of the culture through Martin. We showed relationships with hip hop, inspired. We saw. Living Single, the precursor to Friends, which was the female's buddy comedy that showed more to the culture. We had shows like South Central that showed the West Coast. Rock, that was about Maryland, I think. Um, We had shows that showed who we are and the things that we go through in our culture when dealing with molestation, love, sex, dating. Marriage. Look at I'm a different world, you know. College education and who we are was dictated by what we saw. Cause the house party, everybody saw people having fun and dancing, but it was a love story, one, two, and three, not that other shit. With living single, we got to see the female point of view. That was TV. I'm mixing TV and movies. I'm sorry, but we saw the female point of view and how guys add in to their circle love once again with a different world we saw a black college and that was the rebirth of the divine nine and people wanting to go to college and we had martin in different world where they was wearing the um hb um cu jackets and sw- hoodies and sweatshirts and stuff and that gave us pride because we saw our institutions being shown on a high level now don't get me wrong People also took the imagery of hip-hop and put on the big screen, and we got stories that were supposed to teach us, but people took the negative because people paid giving money to them to be, for being negative. Let me tell you, New Jack City was very, very influential to the point where people wanted to deliver that Carter stuff for real because that's what they knew and what they had. You had Boys in the Hood, one of my favorite movies of all time, introduced a lot of people from the East, to what the West was about. I mean, you also had colors, which was about gang mentality. And people thought the West Coast was weird because they had gang mentality. And look at the East Coast now. You know what I'm saying? But boys in the hood, menace to society. People wanted to be old dogs so bad. You know what I'm saying? And people took that imagery and ran with it. And it became a calling card to the identity of the man that people thought or saw was lucrative, respected, and wanted. I'm not going to talk down on my brothers. I'm not going to talk bad to people because all of us didn't grow up in them situations where we didn't have to do what we had to do to survive. So you can't critique a man. And if you don't give people fair life advantages or opportunities, people, like like, like I said in Jurassic Park, life finds a way. T.I. said in the song, I'm just doing my job one of my I think that's my favorite TI song produced by Kanye West off of the um trap music album. He talked about how selling drugs was his 9 to 5 and he had to make money just like the corporate man and he had to do whatever he had to do to put food in his kids mouth and he's going to do what he had to do. So he was just doing his job. Well, whether you were in the trap, whether you were in the, on the in the in the lobbies, the building lobbies, or the staircases, or on the corner. Like I said, racism fueled us, and, a corporate, and corporate America is very racially driven, and they took those images and pushed it into us, and then we had the images to form who we are, eye-wise, based on what we saw. You don't believe that? Let me know what you think. Because I'll tell you what, it wasn't until Jay-Z said take the button-ups off, I mean put the button-ups on and take them throwback jerseys off that people didn't take them jerseys off. People gave Jig all that power. It was Biggie Smalls who was wearing Coogee, and people started buying Coogee stuff and wearing shades. NWA made the Raiders hat very popular on the East Coast. And even look at the South. The South has um, giving people slang that they never even heard of before. So who we are is dictated by this culture, and our eyes will play games on us if we don't take hold of the vision people are giving us. Pardon me. Today, hip hop is in a state of emergency because now social media is controlling the eye, and I feel bad for these kids out here today because they're so bombarded with stuff that they don't know how to cut it off. Let me tell y'all something: to always have a over, a over, um, an overactive stimulus on your eyes. Affects your brain and affects your body and your patterns. I'm a preschool teacher, y'all. I teach babies, y'all. you You want to know how I give back to this culture? You may not see me every week with lots of content. I work. And I don't want anybody's praise about it. I work. And I do it because I want to. And by God's graces, first and foremost, give, them up, give it up for the most high. But let me tell you something. I have children who I've had in over the years of teaching. And they are constantly on tablets. Excuse me, y'all. Mention they are always on, are on tablets, and they're always on phones watching videos. These children, these babies, don't sleep. They say kids have ADHD. No, they don't. They have overactive brains because they're used to the next thing, always happening. Not only that, it messes with their learning patterns, their eating patterns, and even their resting patterns. When you're over over overstimulated, sorry. And you have something constantly going on in your eyes. That affects your whole anatomy, brain, brain chemistry, thought patterning. It, it, it affects how you deduce and make decisions. These babies today need guidance and people are so busy watching them that they're not really understanding that everything that's influencing them is dictating who they are. See the new generation, Generation Z, shout out to y'all because now The people who are of knowledge, they're taking this art, the social media, and making it into something that they can control. But people who are new into this, the babies and people older than you, don't understand. So it's on you to really teach people how to motivate and move and understand this thing before it's too late. Let me tell you something children are watching porn on a high level and being sexually induced. At young ages, you have children watching murder online to the point where they're desensitized when people get hurt. And we have children who are dealing with depression because they think that's the way life is supposed to be. And we have high child suicide. Is hip hop to blame? No. But the overstimulization of the media is showing you who I am comes from what you're exposed to and then how. You form your experience of life, understanding of life based on what you see. See how I bring this thing together? I want you to really think of the diet. Because they say people on you know, hip-hop and, and all these things are bad for you, and did the food bad. Well, remember, your diet's not only what you ingest, it's what you internalize in your through your eyes, your mouth, and your brain. Also your ears. Listen, y'all, the eyes. Are, going, are being worked on very heavily by the media to the point where now we have AI and people are using AI to be sexually stimulated and now to have partners based off of computers, not real people. And that's some of the most dangerous stuff that can happen in our society. I'm going to be real with y'all. Our eyes could be the main thing that tricks us and destroys us if we do not take control of the messaging and the media that is in front of us. That's why hip-hop is so important. Because once again, I could not go to school to learn about me. I went to hip-hop to learn about me. And then the people who are the hip-hop, the babies of that hip-hop, now go to social media and we have people like Voice of the Ancestors and so many other people heritage of who who um, give you positive messaging so you could consider and not just see somebody twerking all day or sex all day or violence all day. There's something there that can give you a, 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 a balance and more. I found it appalling that the CEO of TikTok says his children are too young and then TikTok is not for them. And they censor TikTok in other countries but in America, to, do, to destroy the minds of the Americans, the evil Americans, they will let anything go and not censor it in our country. So our babies get affected by anything that they see. And hey, y'all did it. But there's no overarching thing to protect our people. That's why as parents, we must control what our children see and always be prevalent in their lives to give them that messaging that this is right for you. This is what it is. Let's build on that. Because at the end of the day, parents, everybody out there that's a parent, you are the first teacher of your child, not television, not phones, not tablets. It's your responsibility to teach your children. A hundred percent. No one is a better teacher than you. And coming out of the pandemic, I think parents understand what teachers go through. So now, if you do know what teachers go through, I'm telling you, you working with teachers and understanding what is right and prevalent for your child is very important for you as a person to understand. If your child is failing in anything, if your child is going through hardships in anything, please talk to your children. Look at what they're looking at understand what they're listening to. I always say when a person is depressed, listen to their playlist, try to just just talk. You don't have to be like, what you doing and all that. Ask your children, what are you listening to? Can I hear some of your music? Share that with me. Whether you like it or not, just learn about your children because their eyes and their ears will always tell you what is going on with them. And one thing my generation fought against that plagues has plagued us, but now it's coming back to hurt some of us. Our parents didn't know what the hell was going on with us when it came to school. They just trusted these folks and we had to get jobs. What they tell us the lie they told us back in the day, go to school, you go to school to get a good job, which means you always are gonna be a service industry person, and you will you will be servicing the people in front of you. Listen, y'all, I'm gonna be real with you. You don't have to serve anybody to be successful. You you can you can be well, they say a boss, but you could be an owner of something and help people get theirs too. That's not ownership and that's not servitude when it comes to you just being under somebody. You always service a person spiritually, but you don't always have to be in the service industry. We're not always, always going to be flipping fries and making burgers because now they got robots for that, right? So... The lie we were told when we was younger was, in Generation X and before us, was you go to school to get a good job. And our parents would swear by the school system to the point a lot of us got our asses kicked because of what somebody said in the classroom. I'm telling y'all, being in the classroom today, they are dumbing our babies down and don't want to teach them about black history. They don't want to teach them about letters. They don't want to teach them about alphabets or words or numbers and stuff. And it's a damn shame because... There are real teachers out here who really care for the t- children and want to teach them. And it seems like now it's just pushing paper in the classroom. There's people out here who want to do programs with the kids and they're taking the funding away. There's just there's, there's programs out here where people are trying to do the best they can and they're snatching the money out from under them. So as a parent, learn what it is that, you're going, that your child goes through. Talk to them. And if your child is in school, please learn the curriculum that your child is being graded by. Because if you don't, how can you help your child learn? We weren't taught how to study, we were taught through memorization. This is what it says, just give them what they say. Yeah, but that's not learning. And that's why a lot of us get mad saying, I don't want to go to school because whatever I'll learn, I'm not going to use. Where in actuality, everything in school you do use in some form or fashion. But not to go too far from the point, when your children see that, you become the example of love and protection, and they can pass that on. You know how many young men in this world are saying that their are mothers, they'll fight for them, and in turn, these men have girlfriends, and then these girlfriends don't, they're they, they trying to be loving towards them, and these young men are looking for mothers instead of girlfriends or these young ladies are in fatherless homes and they're looking for daddy figures, not just boyfriends when it comes to their relationships. That's real stuff because that example that they didn't see, it's not there. Let me be real with y'all because I just got to be honest. We could we could all fix this and all it takes is for us to care enough for each other, not just the culture. Don't just do it for the culture. Do it for yourself and the legacy that you're going to have. We can fix what the children and what we see and experience by just being cognizant of who we are and what we do. The hardest thing a black person has ever learned in this country right now is what love is and how to love themselves. Young ladies, I teach my stepchildren this all the time. The young ladies in my family, all of them, Any, any young ladies in my family. If a person tells you they love you, don't just say, I love you too. Ask them why. Because if you ask a person if they love you and all they could tell you is what you do for them, they don't love you. They love what you do for them. If you love somebody, the first thing that should come out your mouth is not what they do for you. It should be about who they are and then how that affects you. That's the example of seeing and loving to believing. If you don't understand what I'm saying, let me give you a better example. No one could love you better than you. So if you love you, you're going to give the best of you to somebody else. And that's going to, in turn, teach somebody how to love themselves and appreciate you. You feel what I'm saying? There was a saying in the 90s, each one teach one and pass it on by you teaching yourself and you being a, Example, for somebody else, that person sees, sees the greatness in you and they ingest it and then take it and they can pass that on because they want to be the best within themselves. And people are naturally nosy. So they're going to want to know what you do and they're going to ask you what you do. And when you pass on those jewels, not only do you inspire the next generation, you inspire the current generation to be better for the next generation as well. Life is nothing but a giant society. If a man is murdered in New Jersey, it does affect somebody in in China, Africa, and Japan. It does. If a man makes money in New Jersey, it's going to affect people in Botswana, Germany, and Hawaii, because that's industry. Spirits are real, and so is inspiration, because inspiration is a spirit. So whatever happens in one place will affect the world worldwide. And no matter who you touch... Whether it's a good touch and you show love or a horrible touch and you show pain, everybody's connected because everybody is somebody's baby somewhere. And if you got the balls to murder somebody and all that, just know you don't only hurt the family, but you hurt the society as a whole. Look at hip hop. Notorious B.I.G., rest in peace, was assassinated. And we still feel the pain of that on this side of life. I don't know about everywhere else. But in the tri state area of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, I don't know too much about, but New York, especially Brooklyn, there's still, no matter what Jay Z does, the loss of Biggie, of Notorious Big is something that they're not going to get over. In the West Coast, you think Easy E's death was easy? Do you think Nipsey Hussle's death was easy? Please look at the South. You think takeoffs, death, easy and today our children have access to death in a way where people we hear about people dying every day and that look is haunting we have pop being killed assassinated murdered and People are still talking about this man to a day, to this, to this day, where whole YouTube pages are dedicated just to him. And any, anybody that comes on that channel just talks about him, which is crazy. But it shows you the impact of what the example is of a person and what hip hop can teach you about yourself. This building session is brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com. Please go to Heritage Hip Hop and support because these are the conversations I believe that our culture needs to have let me continue though with who i am with the letter i now i'm a person who believes that our culture deserves to be heard deserves to be seen deserves to be recognized deserves to be taught in school and not only that deserves to be alive and to live because it is the only living genre there is you could be hip-hop by how you dress how you sing how you rap how you cut your hair (laughs) how you make your money. Hip hop is so big and positive examples of that are what's needed to keep our culture alive. God bless all the podcasters who are out talking about good things and showing people that conversation and being a public figure in conversation is positive. The person who's starting a clothing line, positive. The person who's on these apps and helping people learn about financial literacy and things positive. It is good to do music that doesn't talk about death. It is good to do music that doesn't talk about gang stuff, not disrespecting anybody. It is good to have people talk about ownership and things. As long as we have balance and we give people what it means to see it, to believe it and understand it, because you know what? Let's look at what hip hop does for when it comes to, we talked about music. What about style of dress? We talked about Jay Z talking about getting rid of the um, the um, throwback jersey, putting on button-ups. Usher and Kanye bought in the um, the backpacker with the suit jacket and the turtleneck, right? Even today, people got dreads every goddamn day and whatever, you know, whatever. But and it's not to knock it; it's just people see it and they think that's what it is. Negatively, though, we got people who smoke weed in high abundance or other ke- chemicals. Over and over abundance, I said. I don't think marijuana is a bad thing, but it is bad when you're giving it to babies to smoke and people are losing their children. It's bad when fentanyl and things are given to people and people are dying. And I don't mean just in the black community all over because people are affected by this. It's bad when people see the negative of what hip hop may show and think that's a lifestyle. To the point where now hip hop is condemned in countries. Hip hop is banned in Japan or China, one of those countries. But and one of their top artists who did hip hop had to rebuke hip hop and said he was lost. Like black culture or this culture is a bad thing, and he um he was in a bad time in his life, and that's when he did it. That's why I don't like Mark Wahlberg when he said about hip hop because when he was Marky Mark, he was doing good vibrations. He was great. Then when he got into acting, hip hop was the bad part of his life, and he had to leave it behind to be an actor. I ain't with that. I'm not with that. But let's keep it real, ladies and gentlemen. This is the truth of what I'm saying. And the truth will make you free, not just set you free. And the truth is, by not controlling the narrative of the vision that people have of us, people form this false narrative. You want to know how bad the false narrative goes? People have been labeled super predators. You have people who are we have the Karen movement based on what people think people are by what they see? Don't get me wrong, your spirit would tell you so someone's bad or not, but everybody being that, that's crazy. Not only that, without the vid, the recognizable vision of who we are, people will believe that every m- male of melanated complexion is evil, marked with the beast. Satanic, over-sexualized, violent, ab- ab- um, uneducated, and the list goes on. All we're good for, obviously, is for entertainment. Same thing with women. Loud, unruly, no respect, only good for pleasure twerking as such, and sexual deviation. And the woman has nothing of value to her. When we let people put that out and the visuals are only that, we can lose ourselves, our children, and our culture all in one breath. And that's a damn shame. We don't talk about the MC Lights and the Queen Latifas and the Rhapsodies of today's generation enough. And Cardi B even said when she puts out positive music, people don't buy it. So she has to make negative music for people to buy it. And that's bad, that's horrible. Cause now we're taking away the, we're limiting the power of the woman in the culture. And I wanna salute Remy Ma and Nicki Minaj as two women who are starting labels. Um, Taking them from the um, vein of Sylvia Robinson, Hill Records, that's a New Jersey thing by the way. But the women are becoming bosses of labels, owners of labels, and signing talent. And that's very hopeful. I want to give a shout out to Shay Noir, who makes her own beats and, and rhymes. She's a cheat code out here. And I, 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 I welcome that because we need to see more women in power to give women the power they need to control their narrative and make their story. But the gentlemen, we have to do the same thing. Everything does not have to be street only. And everybody's not from the street. So I love groups like Little Brother. I love how Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul inspired so many people. I love how common doesn't take the street element. Even Red Man, I don't even know if he's even coming out with albums anymore. That's a whole nother story. And shout out to Red. Um, But Red didn't talk about straight violence and killing folks. He put comedy in his game. Listen, y'all. The point of me even bringing them up is if we don't take control of our narrative, people will use the narrative to destroy us. And then if we keep giving that negative narrative out, what are our children going to watch and believe about us? We grew up in a world where children see superheroes that do not look like us and they see acts and lifestyles that may not be for them, but it's being forced into their brains and forced into their psyche and forced into their mind and forced into their understanding to the point where there is no knowledge or wisdom of their understanding. They just know what they've seen. Ladies and gentlemen, to save the hip hop culture, we have to be mindful and cognizant of not only what's being said, but also what's being shown because if we don't take the narrative by the horns and we don't, let me say this again. And we don't start filtering what these children see, what these children hear. We are not going to be able around to really fully understand who we are, what we've come from, and where we're going to go. Where are we going to go without it? Do we still talk about doo Do we still talk about rock and roll? Do we still talk about jazz? No, you have to find it to have that conversation. And unfortunately, if we let the narrative continue, hip hop will go that same way. I don't want that to happen, and I'm sure you don't. So if you like the conversation that we've I've had tonight, all I ask is that you subscribe to HeritageHipHop.com, follow Heritage Hip Hop, on all social media. Let me not do a rapid-fire questions. But subscribe to HeritageHipHop.com, like I said. Follow HeritageHipHop on all social media. Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, maybe for a little while longer, I don't know. You can stream this podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anywhere you stream your podcast, please, 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 please join me. For anybody out there that doesn't have over copyrighted music, if you do have copyrighted music, you're going to have to pay me for real. But I want to do this, song of the week. I want to start having song of the week on my um, on my shows. If you have a music video that you would like implant it into this video, please hit me. Let's do something where we can um, promote your music and get it out there. The next Mike Council episode is going to be the State of Hip Hop in New Jersey. If you follow Heritage Hip Hop on Instagram, I talk about that. And you'll get some more of that for the next show. Let me get my final words. And I'm going to be out of here because guess what? It's like 3 in the morning, I think. I got to get to sleep. You know what I'm saying? I've been up and... One thing about entrepreneurs, y'all, and people trying to who, who are um, businessmen making money, they always say, Sleep when you're dead. I'm gonna get me some sleep. But know that the dream is to make the money while you're sleeping, not just to grind for the money, you know? So let me leave my final words. Being that this is the soundtrack of my life, part three and a part four may come, or I might continue this one because it's deeper than just this. As a young man, I grew up in a world, I gr- I, I, am growing, because I'm still a young man, in a world where everything you do is wrong, all right? And as a young man, I wasn't given too many loving examples in my life, all right? I was always told I did something wrong. I was always told I was the enemy. I was always misunderstood, and, and, and in turn, and bred a hate for a lot of things and a lack of understanding in many areas. So for me, my mother, rest in peace, Ma, I love you. My mother taught me life through my imagination and comic books. And when I saw the comic book world, I saw who I, w- I wished I could be. Because I did not look like Batman. I did not look like Superman. I did not look like Spider-Man. And my mother saw that. And she gave me one of the best gifts I ever got. She went to the New York Expo in 1990-something. I don't remember offhand. It was a black expo. And she met Dennis Cowan. She definitely met Dennis Cowan. I don't know if she met Dwayne McDuffie. But she met the men who started milestone comics. And when she did that, she brought home three comic books for me. Icon number one. Got it, I got it an autographed and everything in the plastic. Blood Syndicate number one. And hardware number one. Static did not come out yet. And when I read my books. I saw black comic book characters that I could relate to. Not Luke Cage. I wasn't in the Luke Cage. I wasn't in the Black Panther because I couldn't relate to them. But in the hip hop world, to me, I finally saw something that made me proud to know that I can be something like them. With in my icon is my favorite um superhero of the old milestone. I hadn't got to this new one too much yet, but. He was an alien and a lawyer, and he was Superman and all this other stuff, right? All right? Let me continue though. She also got me Brother Man number one. And seeing those books and seeing black superheroes made me proud because I knew not only did I have to rap or I had to be an athlete, which I couldn't do both really that well, I guess. I didn't have to do that to be a, a person of substance, I could be creative. And I could appreciate me by knowing that there's something super about people that look like me. It, it reminds me of a story of a young man who was on Instagram when Black Panther, the first one, came out, and he said on his um at the end of his post, Is this what you feel like, America? Because when I see Superman, I don't feel like this. When I see Batman or Spider-Man, I don't feel like this. But But I seen someone who looked like me on the screen. And is this how you feel? Do you feel empowered? Do you feel strong? Do you feel like a king? Because that's how I feel. That pride, that energy, that great feeling is what hip hop did for me. And I know what he saw on that screen inspired who he is. And I know that comic book character I saw inspired. Who I am. And to further inspire who we are, let's take control of the ears and most importantly, the eyes and give our children the example and our culture the example of what it takes to stay alive. Let's give ourselves the things that a lot of us are missing, which is positive self imagery, a positive diet of self love and a positive diet of inspiring and inspirational quotes, video, songs, and pictures so that our children know there is more to life than murder, racism, hatred, sexism, and anything else that hatred tries to teach us and define us by. Thank you for listening to this recording of the Mike Council on Heritage Hip Hop Soundtrack of My Life Part 3 Who I Am by Kareva Heritage Hip Hop and I ask you please stay tuned for more. Another important thing I want to tell you is May the Most High bless you. And if you have children, please do this for me. Hug your children and tell them you love them. I don't care if you're a parent, step-parent, grandparent, godparent, sit whatever, siblings, I don't care. Take the time to hug those children and tell them you love them because that is the one thing that they will see and feel that will inspire them every day of their life. Just like you like money and you work for money, a child's money or a child's payment is positive interactions and building up their self-esteem and their understanding of life. There's going to be some tough days and there's going to be some pain, but most importantly, if you give somebody the consistent love that they are looking for, you will, you will not only save yourself in the long run, but you will provide a foundation for this culture so when the bar is raised not only will people say how much you love yourself and how much you love others but if a tree is known by its fruit you are planting seeds of greatness in the people who you give your love to so make sure that love is genuine and please 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 protect the babies at all costs because at the end of the day that's who we do it for not ourselves but for the people who come after us We thank you for listening to this episode of the Mike Council on the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by heritagehiphop.com. We are more than music. We introduce you to your future favorite artists today while celebrating the foundation of hip hop one interview at a time. We ask that you follow Heritage Hip Hop not only on our homepage, but on all social media, including YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, And you can stream the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and wherever you fulfill your podcasting needs. Heritage Hip Hop is here to promote hip hop to its fullest. And if you'd like to support Heritage Hip Hop, we have a cash app, Dollar Sign, Heritage Hip Hop. Be sure to subscribe and stay tuned to Heritage Hip Hop to not miss any of this great content. Peace.